0: Previously on crudely drawn swords.
1: Long before you reach Vale, you can see it's grown. There appears to be a city of tents along the road and spreading to either side. Do you see occasional riders passing north and south on the road at speed wearing the colours of the King's Guard or the Church Knights or the Karis Army?
2: War
3: has come to Karis.
1: You there, sir. What news for the front? It's pretty bad down there, sir. The snow and ice have caused almost as much trouble as fighting the enemy. Are there any sausages? Eh, hey, isn't that the girl with the murdery court? He remembers
3: us! These, these dwarves that we brought along with us, what exactly are they trading for? I mean, Have you brought them to see Bob Sausage?
2: Guys, we don't have much else to offer aside from sausages.
3: How would you like to find your way into a brand new untapped sausage market? Should we not
2: be introducing these guys to the actual people who are in charge? So we'll go and build up big contracts and you guys get the army.
1: Are there any merchant houses that you think would be particularly good for this? Harlequin
2: Palanquin Palace. Palanquin.
1: Palanquins. 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 Seats in the streets, that's what we say here at Harlequin Palanquin Palace.
2: I feel like we've kind of misjudged this location.
1: As you leave sight, you see him say something. It looks like assholes. I'm not sure that what you've
3: achieved there is like a trade deal between nations. You just seem to have taken them on a personal shopping
1: experience. The preceptory of Merope's order, all built from iron, a structure of girders and painted metal sheets. Preceptor Mero, she's relatively young, uh, but she's got very broad shoulders and big arms. She's clearly a working smith, an extremely comfortable looking office. On the desk, there are a couple of candles that over time you will notice don't actually burn down at all. Now, how may I help you? Uh, So we have been attempting
3: to strike alliances to assist in the the defence of our lands. She
1: turns to Zuramak and starts asking about what the dwarves might be interested in trading. Uh,
0: While she's not looking and distracted talking to Percy as well, I might uh, palm one of those candles.
1: Is there anything that I can do to help you? Would it be a good idea for the church to host your guests and perhaps to manage their delegations there was something in some of the communications from Corin about a sword if you could get the basic measurements of the sword I may be able to construct some kind of scabbard that would make it harder to find where will you be staying?
0: Grumpy mule, there we go Um, oh, also, does the king have a daughter? any ginger ones?
1: I don't engage in ceremonial tat, I'm afraid.
0: Uh, you don't know if the dandy is in town, do you?
1: She says, you know, I think he might be. So, between you, you've managed to get some deals maybe laid down. It's going to be a surreal trading session, but the Dwarves have had a chance to see both the formal and informal business quarters. It's, pro- it's given them a good idea of the place. Are you going to do anything else in town? Are you heading back to the grumpy mule? It's grumpy now, Stuart. It doesn't make sense for it to be Randy. Cause-
2: yeah, I'm sure it was a different word as well, but I felt like Randy was right.
0: It's probably like a bit like uh, one of those pubs that just gets renamed a little bit.
1: Yeah, everyone everyone just calls it the Mule, really. Yeah. So, are you rendezvousing at the Mule?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. yes. Yes.
1: Okay, good.
4: I hope there's music on.
1: Well, <laughs> it's, it is evening as you get to the Mule. It's a bit generic. Blackboards with very generic handwriting special offers. The food looks like it's been cooked in the most generic way. As you go in, it's fairly full, but it's very quiet because everyone's listening intently to the music being performed by a man on the other side of the room. (gasps) Mm -hmm. He has a beautiful singing voice, rich and tuneful. His sandy blonde hair is carefully scruffy and he's wearing a kind of green velvet poncho that for some reason reminds Percy a little of his apartment back in the Priory, specifically the curtains. (laughs) You notice a few other people seem to be wearing similar garments. It is the dandy. You all recognise him.
4: What a guy! (laughs) And just
1: as you come in, he comes to the end of a song. And there's like a little uh, round of applause, you know. And he's like, thank you, thank you. And then he looks up and he says, oh, hey, Tristan. Where have you been, my man? Tristan, you're supposed to be incognito. (laughs) What do you do?
2: I'm just gonna <laughs> kind of look across the catcher's eye and then kind of go, eh, look away Whoa! at that. <laughs> and then walk to the bar. I'm gonna grab him and be like, Tristan, Tristan the dandy, look to you. Oh my god, it's the dandy, he's the best. <laughs> I look down to Banbury and then just look away like, oh, and look back to the dandy and be like, oh, look back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just stroll off, shaking my head like a diva.
1: The dandy's like, hey, why don't you come up and... Uh, never mind this next song. I, I think you're going to love this next song, guys. It's 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 one of my favourites, and I think it's going to be one of your favourites too. It's, it's a bit of a new material. And then he just, like, starts strumming his lute. And think uh, it's a song
3: about how much Tristan sucks.
1: <laughs> it's actually a song about a rivalry for a girl, but the song is about how he knows that he's the one and she should ignore this other guy. <laughs> and the other guy's no good for her. And it's like the other guy's got a lame moustache. And it's... Uh, the other guy always wears red, and he thinks he's so good. It's, it's actually, its I don't know. I wouldn't like to be whoever it was about, suffice to say.
2: I'm going to kind of grab my cloak and cover up the <laughs> bit of red that's kind of obviously on <laughs> and cover my legs. And, uh, zip. Somehow zip the cloak that now has a zip all the way to the bottom. It's kind <laughs> like a, a onesie body bag.
0: I'm going to join in the really catchy chorus and start swaying from side to side, irritating me <laughs> bumping Tristan as
1: I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm just
2: ordering shots.
1: Arrive in red. Yeah, it's like, uh, baby, don't get riled. You don't need a man who's wild. You should stay with me.
2: This is the problem.
1: I'm going to slam
2: one of my glasses down on the table.
1: Give
2: me another. <laughs> I feel like I need some booze now. <laughs> <I'm looking. laughs> Tristan needs to get
1: drunk. So, while Tristan's drinking, are, are you all joining him at the table?
3: Yeah. yeah. I'll just sort of go and sit down next to him, sort of under my breath. I mean, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> So, Tristan, what did you find out today? How, was, how did your trading go?
4: And, and my eyes are just drifting back to the dandy. <laughs> just
0: like <laughs> guy well <laughs> today uh, whatever you're about to say it doesn't matter can you introduce <laughs> us
2: <laughs> uh, that's, that's, all I, that's all I contribute uh,
1: after a couple more songs the uh, set ends and the dandy sets down his, his lute on the little lute stand like thank you thank you everyone but I, I just want to talk with an old friend over here I'll be back to sing some more for you later and he uh, comes over uh, to your table
2: I'm going to He's audibly like, groan before he says
1: hi. Uh, I really like that last song. It's like, hey, Tristan, how are you keeping old friend?
2: Hello, Dandy. <laughs> how, how are you, my old
1: You old, knew old me friend. back when I was just Dandy Seraglio. You can just call me Dan.
2: Uh, hey, I like the new song, it's
1: very obvious. <laughs> It's really, really sort of
2: on the nose, kind of mainstream music. It's really good. It's really good. You've really kept your edge. There.
1: Oh, and I—I I suppose you've been keeping it underground, have you? Just how much underground music have you been playing?
2: Hey, listen. Let's let old rivalries. Stay very much alive this evening. <laughs> and he has been underground. Why don't, why don't you join us for a drink, old friend? <laughs> oh, Tristan, I
3: didn't realise Daddy's a friend of
2: yours. Yes, do come on, sit down. This is amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, so uh, Tristan, who are your friends?
2: Okay, well, this to my right is... Um, my name's child. Jerome. Uh, what did you... We've just given you two names now. <laughs> What was your, what was the name you just gave? Uh, Jerome. Yes, Archibald Jerome.
1: Mm-hmm. Archibald he's, Jerome. Hey, cool. Good a to see you. farmer
2: of some renown. Um, he's not
1: Jerome with the strawberries, is he?
2: No, different Jerome. Uh, you need to stop using him. We had a deal.
1: <laughs>
2: you got what you wanted. Just leave me with what I wanted.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. I guess we can go with that. I'm not, I'm not going to break our terms.
2: This is the lady Louisa. She is just normal. You don't need to know about her.
1: She looks like a cool customer. I am. She's a zombie. What?
2: There's nothing secretive, there's nothing under her facade and her unreadable face. She's just a normal person. I'm, I'm very average. I'm very down to earth. Yeah, just average. What you see is what you get. There's nothing else to her.
1: Nothing pretentious about her. I get no, it. No,
2: no. And that's it, really. That's all you need to know about this. No, no, you people. forgot what? me. Okay. This <laughs> is... Oh, you owe me, Banbury. Banbury's so excited right now. probably your biggest fan. He's got all the merch. He he is Banbury Lutz. Banbury um, the dandy.
0: I'm going to put he's my looked, foot on the table and pull up my uh, robe a little so you can see my dandy socks.
1: He like looks around slightly curiously and then he's like, oh, I could see right off your robe there. Uh, sorry, little potato man. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, you yeah you get sorry. That. I took my pants off to let Enigma put them around her face earlier.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I shall whip out a quill. Uh, you mean he Louisa. Says,
1: he says, Enigma? What? Who's Enigma? You mean Louisa. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: No, Enigma someone else we heard of. We're the best at this. Louisa enigma. <laughs> I'm going to give the dandy my quill and offer him to sign Bambury's leg.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can just scratch the dirt off and that will leave a signature.
1: <laughs> he kind of looks at you, looks at it and just writes, Dandy! And then after a moment, he's like, Hey, little potato man, above it. <laughs>
0: I'll never wash this leg again.
1: I would assume you hadn't washed it before. <laughs> <laughs> so, what brings you to town, Tristan? You're back on tour again. you got yeah. some weak new material that no one wants to hear, and they all just ask for song two. I'm going
2: to give him a cold stare. I'll have you know, song two is one of the finest. No, I'm not getting into
1: it. Hey, hey, I still sing that. That's still part of my set sometimes. Yeah, it's don't a classic, doubt. yeah. You know yeah, a lot I, of people a lot of people say to me, "Hey, I really love it when you play that early stuff from Tristan Wild."
2: Yeah. You know when you're playing in the finest like royal establishments and everyone's singing one of your songs. Oh, that's right. That doesn't happen. I play none of your songs. I'm
3: going to look around at the others around the, uh, the others around the table with a, a look that says, "This is Awkward. Uh, I'll just sort of slowly stand up. I'll, gonna, uh, I'll get some drinks. Um,
2: I'm gonna grab his shoulder. You wanted this, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, no. Okay.
3: Yeah. Well, our drinks can wait.
2: You're living with. on, Andy. Please. It's like,
3: it's I, like, yeah.
2: Yeah. Giroux. With a farmer, a boy, and a nondescript woman. Also you've, pops on
3: calling me Percy. He's
1: yeah, no. <laughs> like, like, wait, so this is no Percy Archibald Jerome.
2: Yeah, I like that.
1: He has a very complicated name.
2: These are a band, and the sort of music we play, I couldn't oh, describe this is, it.
3: This is going to end really badly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd have
2: to hear it for yourself.
0: It's the airwolf theme.
1: There's a whole selection of instruments out back. Why don't Why don't you go for it? Why don't you just play it? If you can't describe it, you could play some tracks for Let's us. Let's do
2: it. You know, ah. I swore never to play the mule again, Danny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: why? Why was that again?
2: You know, and if you don't know then you're no friend of mine. I'm going to turn and walk away from the table.
1: Does, does he know there's only a wall over there? <laughs> <laughs> Tristan's just facing a wall. Just... I can hear
2: you, Dandy. I'm inspecting the candle holder.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: yes, this is very sturdy. I'm going to sit back down again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: He's like, oh, Sammy. Oh, hey, Tristan. Tristan, no. Here's the thing, actually. hit some hot goss. Do you like the style, by the way? It's, everyone was wearing it down in Falmouth when I was there a little while ago.
2: I'm going to smile. Yeah, I bet they were. So, tell me, what do you know of the scene down in Falmouth? How's the war affecting our trade?
1: People were into all that kind of jingoistic stuff. Um, that a lot of people were playing that song about being on top of a wall or something. It's weirdly popular, if I'm honest. I, it's no great shakes. It's a bit long, a bit tiresome. Oh, God, it's so
2: long. <laughs> 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 it's so long. You've no idea.
1: But okay. people were really loving it, but it got a little hot down there, and by hot, I mean cold. So I thought, maybe time to come back to the bright lights of Vale. Yeah, I bet you did. Play some of the old places. You know, keep out of trouble. I've I've had my fill of trouble down the years, Tristan. You know how it is. Yeah,
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a look. And I'm gonna, I don't know if this is going to play out but i'm be like okay dandy cut the crap
1: what have you heard he's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah well tristan last time i saw you you were with a real hot chick tall yeah. red hair like a tall Senedra type
2: yeah well, what's her deal yeah that's a that's a pretty painful end to the story my friend uh oh <laughs> right that's 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 material for a song for another day.
1: Well, I'm sorry to bring it up then, old friend. I certainly didn't want to cause you any unnecessary pain. Yeah, any more pain. (laughs) Well, all the word from the South is that uh, the Kingdom of Karis is doomed and you'd better run while you can. But you know how it is. People like to be over the top, don't they? They're always worrying about these big world events. Sure, it's fine, man.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Dandy. You haven't changed.
1: Hey, thanks. That's the best thing you could say. I want to still be that cool young guy that I always was. I'll never forget, Tristan, when you gave me that break. I was nobody before you, and I'll always owe you that. Are you sure I can't get you to, uh, you know, take the stage with your band, show us that new sound you've been going on about?
2: Perhaps another time, old friend. I'll slide a glass across the table to him and hold mine up for a toast.
1: He holds it up and he clinks glasses with you. And he's like, all right, I got this second set to play. But if you're still around later, I'll come back. We'll share a few more drinks, maybe. Talk about the old times.
2: I think I'd like that old friend. (laughs) You break a leg out there and I'm going to knock my drink back.
1: (laughs) He he knocks his drink back and heads out to the stage. And then he strums his lute and he's into another classic dandy song. Quite mainstream.
2: Guys, can we go now? (laughs) Let's just park out, let's just leave town Let's just get out now, you've seen the dandy
4: Oh, but I like this one
0: This was the best night of my life (laughs) Imagine, like, I know this is hard for you to imagine, but imagine if you met a, like, super famous, amazingly talented, charming bard Like, it's just It's the stuff dreams are made of
2: I I can only imagine how a lot of people must feel It's a once in a lifetime When they meet me! you're not swigaboo. Yes. was a bit of a dick there, wasn't he?
3: <laughs> anyway, let's get some drinks.
2: Yeah, slap Percy on the back. But I don't say I'm slapping him
1: on the back so everyone hears <laughs> 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 You like slap him on the back, it's like clang. <laughs> it's like a cymbal crash. In your band, maybe um, Percy's the drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got...
2: The dwarves interested in trade. What did you guys get? Quick version. Uh, well, Percy's at the
0: bar, so we got the. Oh, I can't remember. I was stealing stuff.
2: It I'm went good. Be... Good or bad? Did we uh, do well or did we die? Good. Yeah.
0: I got I got you a gift, Enigma.
2: Aww. It's more pants. Don't take it. That's... I'm
0: gonna get out my bag and then I'm gonna hand her the candle.
2: Oh.
1: That... Enigma, you have. <laughs> A candle that stays light and does not give off any heat.
0: It's not very practical.
1: No, it is quite practical because it glows.
0: Ah. Now I don't have to cast light on your foot. Awesome. Yeah.
4: I feel like there should be. There's probably some kind of reason why I shouldn't be holding this. I'm sure it's probably rigged in some way. Just don't trust you, Vampire, is What I'm saying.
3: I'll um, head back to the the table, sit down, and look <laughs> at the look at the candle. Oh, preceptor, Mero Mero had one just like that. Um, Put that away, Enigma! <laughs> I, I, I see that they're, they're obviously quite popular in this town. Uh,
4: yep. Yeah. I just palm it. Look,
1: <laughs> like an eagle! Alright, Enigma, you have an eternal candle.
4: An eternal candle!
1: It may or may not be eternal, but it's certainly going to last a very long time. It glows, it doesn't give off heat, and you can use it roughly equivalent to the light spell It's a-
4: Jay might have get one of the candle holders from uh, Kiaia. Would have been
1: nice. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yes, you also have that, and like a fuck ton of <laughs> tiny candles, yeah, which you know. could have just used as candles. It was so busy. While you're sat round your table, someone comes through the door carrying this like fabric wrapped bundle, quite a long bundle. They kind of look round, and then they see your table, and they kind of walk nonchalantly past your table. As they walk past, they leave the bundle leaning by Percy's chair and you see it's quite a young lass. There's a bit of kind of soot on her face mm-hmm. and she gives you a ridiculously overstated <laughs> wink, walks walks towards the bar and then walks out leaving the bundle beside you. Okay.
2: Good, good sir, wait! Wait! Okay. You... <laughs> <laughs> One I'm going to start one. my hand on the table. One that is a woman. <laughs> two Tristan's pretty drunk now. Oh. You're a woman.
0: <laughs>
2: two, 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 two.
0: Just two. sit down, you're ruining the gig. Do we have
3: do we have rooms in this inn?
1: You can have rooms in the inn, yes. I think Tristan would have, in spite of his pledge not to play there apparently, he probably has a good enough relationship that he can cut you a deal.
2: Tiger's quite far back. We'll take the main suite and one adjourning for Banbury. Yeah. One for Enigma and one for Percy. <laughs> 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 I
3: will take the... Um the bundle off to the room or whatever it is we've got booked so that i
1: can yep. scabbard the sword there okay good yes and it is a very well-made scabbard with a kind of curious ornamentation all complex geometric shapes the whole way down in various different metals but it's a good fit for the sword uh, apparently Bambury can successfully judge the uh, diameter of a sword <sighs>
4: should have had to roll in for that
1: they End up with like a little tiny one like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they come back it's and got scabbard. like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, ah, this is no use to no one. So yes, you now have a new scabbard that may hopefully make your horde make your hoard f- harder to find. Cool. Make your sword harder. <laughs> oh God,
4: sword father nine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sword father nine. Yes. Is there anything else the rest of you want to get done this evening?
0: Uh, sing loudly to every single song. Uh, and yeah. then cry a little bit with happiness.
1: It's a good show. You know, if you're a fan of the dandy, this is him at his dandy best.
0: Uh, I'll indicate to, the, to Enigma to hold the candle up and I sway from side to side.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, and he's, he's singing like a song about roses and... Gardens and all kind and like raindrops and it's like every cliche. If you had a cliche, raindrops
4: and roses.
1: It's not about. It's not that song, no. no. (laughs) But it's it's an intellectually intellectually independent, entirely (laughs) copyright free. (laughs) But but I was I was thinking more uh, more like Bed of Roses by Bon Jovi or Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Basically, like a power. (laughs) <laughs> uh,
0: at, at some stage i'm gonna throw <laughs> my underwear onto the stage
1: <laughs>
2: i approve of this and i encourage bambri to do more to go further to really show his appreciation
1: it hits the uh, front of his loot and just sticks to the shining smooth polished wood
2: now i'm cheering now i'm now i'm
1: <laughs> And uh, yes, as the gig uh, ends, do you hang around?
4: I'd get, like to get hot chocolate, probably with cream on top. could <laughs> <laughs> be rather nice. Uh, a
0: bit of cinnamon in it. I'd like a kebab.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they don't do kebabs in the uh, Grumpy Mule, yeah. but they do do like super mild sliced meat product. It's <sighs> not Rob Sausage standard, suffice to say. <laughs>
2: We really lucked out finding Rob's sausage so easily and quickly.
1: It's it's, un- <laughs> it's inconceivable these people that you met <laughs> purely by chance. Um, the best of the best. So after the gig, like Dandy comes over and is like, "See Tristan, I've still got it. I've still got it. Have you got it? We don't know because you didn't play. No. But you could have. The invite was there, old friend.
2: Maybe maybe another night, my my good yeah. friend.
3: <laughs>
2: so, i'm tempted to well i don't know whether we're going to be uh pausing it here to um ready ourselves for another day but if we are then yeah
1: I'll, i'm i'm assuming i'm assuming you're staying here for the night because you've got an apart. Mm-hmm. you've got rooms and it's quite late
2: yeah yeah i guess me and dan you will go and find a table somewhere and talk the night away
1: Okay, so I think also for a slight retcon, like before you got here, you were able to convey the dwarves to like church diplomatic housing, so they have somewhere fancy to stay. It's
2: not really our concern, Ben. We're, yeah, we're, exactly. We're worried about the four main characters. They're just NPCs. We ditched those losers. They can do what they like.
1: That's my whole point. So, like the dwarves have gone off to. Uh, yeah. You ditched those losers. Mm. They're they're off being someone at the preceptor's problem now. Yeah. It's all good. And it's you guys in the pub. Yeah. So you're, you're hanging out with the dandy for a while?
2: Yeah. Jamming.
1: Okay, cool. So you guys are drinking the night away.
2: Yeah, we'll catch up on our
1: times. And uh, what, what about you, Enigma?
4: I've finished my hot chocolate and uh,
2: I'll go to
1: bed. Good plan. Banbury?
0: I'm going to stare in awe at the dandy until I get super tired. Then I'll just go to sleep. Okay, oh, cool. I like
2: to think about me sitting in front of the fire just smiling as he slowly drifts off my chest. <laughs> a happy, contented, sticky cat. Brilliant. <laughs> Maybe he's grooming, he's licking himself and he's grooming his head. Beautiful. Cleaning his toes. and There's just a circle that's not going anywhere nearer to him. So he's got the fire to himself, to be fair. And as he's falling asleep, me and the Danny kind of look across and we look back at each other and they're like... Aww. And for a brief <laughs> second, both our repulsion at Bambury and our dislike for each other just evaporates. <laughs> we just going, aw, look at him. And he sneezes into his arm or something. <laughs> <in sleep. laughs> and then both the revulsion and the dislike for each other come flooding back in.
1: And the dandy's like, ah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make tracks. Uh, good night, Trist. Good. Good to see you again, buddy.
2: Yeah, it's been a blast.
1: It's been a good time. Bye. And away they go. And I think at this point, those of you who are going to your rooms, do so. Once all the doors have closed, Enigma takes from her pocket the note that had appeared there, gives it one more quick glance over. and and throws it into the fire in her room. She cracks open the window and leaves the room subtly and silently, unnoticed by anyone inside or outside the building. And then she makes her way across town. She goes across the Temple District and then out into the Harbour District in the southwest. And these are familiar streets to Enigma. This is the town she grew up in out among the warehouses on the edge of the harbour district a small shopping alley is all closed up a whiff of incense drifts across from the closed store labelled cosmic exports enigma places her palm on the door for a moment and a slight shimmer of light passes across it she passes between cabinets of crystals and a stand of shawls along with various rustic ponchos before ducking under a shabby curtain at the back of the shop and into a well-lit office, there aren't many orcs in Karis, but of course there is the reassuringly buff figure of Secretary Casdosh who raises an eyebrow as Enigma walks in. <laughs> <laughs> Enigma.
4: Cashdosh, you're uh, looking rather dapper this evening.
1: Oh, do you really think so? Thank you. I polished my tusks myself this evening. <laughs> well, anyway, Mystery awaits you. Do go on through. And he indicates the large wood-panelled door behind him. What do you do?
4: I will go through that wood-panelled door. Just push it straight open.
1: Not checking for traps.
4: <laughs> Not even checking for traps.
1: <laughs> it's fine. If there were traps here, they'd be pretty well designed.
4: Yeah, I'm going to push them open with... Uh, it like, it's, I assume it's a double door, so I'm just going to push them open dramatically yes. like in The Prisoner. Poof!
1: Nice. And so... You push open these double doors, they swing wide, and you stride into the fairly opulent office of Mr. E. He's sat behind his desk, and behind him are shelves covered in various books and folios and scrolls. On one side of the room are a lot of filing cabinets. The desk is wide, leather-topped with quills on one side and a selection of papers tidily placed on the other. Mr. E himself is a very dapper gentleman, quite small and finely built with a long nose and his hair slicked back. As you walk in, he indicates a seat and says, Hi, Enigma. Good to see you.
4: You too, mister.
1: How have you been keeping yourself?
4: Not bad, not bad. Adventures and the like, you know.
1: Yes, yes. Well, I got your last report here. So I thought I'd just have a little chat about your assets here. You've said of Wilde he's narcissistic and doesn't write his own lyrics.
4: That's absolutely true. Um, he, He actually stole one of mine.
1: Yes, yes. So a congenital thief. He sounds like ideal company for our kind of work.
4: Yes, definitely. But
1: you're a little worried that he'd be amenable to compromise by attractive females?
4: Easily. I'm afraid uh, he can barely cope past a thing with a vagina without melting. (laughs) And worse, writing ballads.
1: (laughs) I suppose you'll just have to keep a weather eye. But you do report that he's uh, promisingly amoral.
4: Oh, certainly, yes. And
1: probably willing to go to any lengths required.
4: Well, yeah, I've definitely this seen him. This is very good news. Definitely heard of some things that he did while uh, at the wall. That man, hes he just pushes things.
1: Oh, yes, the work at the wall. Yes, well done on that. Well. Great job on putting the team together.
4: I didn't think that was bad at all. I, uh, they managed. They managed.
1: Excellent work, all in all. I i don't think any of us really expected anything like that to happen. But obviously, you, you picked some good people. Uh, you have this cleft as well. Very dependable, you say? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Deeply faithful. And a very good line in soft furnishings.
4: Yes, uh, really lovely curtains. Uh, got us uh, quite a few sausages.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't realised that sausages to curtains was the major exchange rate we should be monitoring. Uh, perhaps, perhaps I'll get some people on that. With all
4: the new people in the city, a lot of things are changing with the economy.
1: Yes, yes, I suppose they would be. But you do say he's not good in the situation where you require stealth?
4: Yeah, sneaks like an elephant, rolls like a turtle.
1: (laughs) You also report he's going to be easy to persuade into any kind of endeavour that's likely to provide a solid anecdote.
4: Oh, he does love good anecdotes. Very good at afternoon speeches. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd definitely book him for that. Definitely.
1: Once our little situation here is resolved, he possibly has a good future ahead of him giving inspirational speeches to the WI.
4: Oh, he'll be brilliant for that. Uh, absolutely brilliant. I mean, we've probably got, uh, you know, four or five already.
1: And you also have Bambury lutes.
4: Bambury lutes
1: Inexplicably attached to half a brick, maybe bribable with the other half of a brick. He's very
4: fond of his half a brick. It's in a sock.
1: He sounds like a man of simple tastes.
4: Yeah, very simple. Very simple.
1: What you're describing here sounds like he might be um, something of an... An intellectual tadpole, shall we yeah, say.
4: Yeah, well, I wouldn't engage him in conversation or, you know, stand too close.
1: And also a possible drug addict.
4: He's got us out of a couple of scrapes, but yeah, there's, he's definitely carrying a lot of mushrooms around with him. A little bit too often uses that as a cover.
1: Well, some of our agents have found that itinerant drug dealers makes a very good go-to cover story surprisingly acceptable in many parts of the time the...
4: it's worked so often <laughs>
1: <laughs> very good now obviously this report was uh, after the whole affair in Farmouth, but then you were heading out towards the wood march now the reports on farmers were very positive i oh, we were sorry to hear of your accident obviously yeah. It seems like you uh, performed admirably well.
4: Got out the other side.
1: What did you discover in Woodmarch?
4: We had a bit of a go through the Woodmarch. Um, bit of a discovery. Uh, Bambari, Bambri, whatever you like to call him. Son of a witch.
1: Oh, I see. Related to one of the coven there, eh? Yep.
4: Actual son of a witch. Also, his magic is really gross. Like really gross.
1: But he does have magic.
4: He does have magic. Does set a light to my feet, surprisingly often. Uh, can I have new boots afterwards? Yes, of course. Thanks. Uh, preferably fireproof. So we did have a quick visit to the elves. Nice poetry recital. Uh did go on a bit.
1: Yes, they're notoriously dull.
4: It did go on a bit. Um, right, yeah, so while we were there as well, we are just trying to find out where we could get to Malahim.
1: Oh, yes, so... Your report mentioned in passing that uh, young Master Wild might require to travel there. Yeah, it
4: turns out it's fairly important to him anyway. Um, otherwise, he dies. But uh, yeah, no one seems to know where it is. Uh, elves have given us some clues, but they're as close to useless as anything. But we're uh, we're off to the east.
1: Excellent, excellent. Did you did you find any word on that uh, sword that Cleft's been carrying?
4: Yes, it is the sword of Ollum that's the one If the Cloud of Teeth guy gets hold of it, we're in trouble
1: I see, it may be th- in that case that um, our original plan of you using it to infiltrate them Was uh, perhaps flawed, so probably best that didn't work out really Yeah,
4: that, uh, that might have backfired, but um, you know, turned out okay
1: Well, worked out for the best, good work Enigma Good work. We got in anyway. It was
4: all about the wardrobes.
1: <laughs> yes, that that does seem like a most unconventional magic, but we're paying close attention to wardrobes now.
4: Good. Good.
1: Suffice it to say, any time we get any uh any whiff of Ice Watcher subversion, we are leaving no cupboard unopened.
4: Excellent. You know, they could just be be leaving us wide open to attack. <laughs>
1: Well, not now. No cupboard, dresser or even drawer, though how one will get through a drawer. I, Q Branch insist. We let them do the searches sometimes. I think they get overexcited.
4: They'll probably end up in one of those tiny little drawers that you get at the top of desks,
1: <laughs> And they'll just
4: turn out to be really flat. They'll be ice slitherers. How <laughs> <laughs> ah, you come for you!
1: He furrows his brow for a moment and then opens his drawer, looks in it, closes his drawer.
4: Did you find a stapler?
1: <laughs> it's my stapler. Damn it. I have my name enga- engraved on it because the bosses around here will steal anything, I tell you. Yeah,
4: but you've never got staples for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. It's the principle of the thing. I'm an administrator. I have to at least look like a, I can administer. Obviously, I have people for that these days, but I mostly leave it to Cashdosh if I'm honest. Very competent, you know. Now... So your plan is to seek out uh, Malahim to preserve young Tristan Wilde. Is this correct?
4: Yeah, it sounds like an interesting place. Um, you know, it's not somewhere we've heard of for an awful long time. And there seems to be some kind of special power that if he sings a song there, he won't get killed. And now that's a promise to somebody in the underworld. So let's assume that's true.
1: Sounds very plausible. Now, all accounts that I've heard are that those tend to be fairly accurate. Yeah. Sometimes people have made those promises and failed to keep them and just gone. They were never heard from again. So you would be well advised...
4: So if you need to get rid of him...
1: If you wish to preserve your assets, get... if you wish to maintain his usefulness okay. to the organisation, then it probably is worthwhile. And also things are getting a little... I would say hot, only it's literally the opposite of hot around here uh with this uh whole ice watcher thing, so we're having to yeah. we're having to prepare contingencies
3: scarves <laughs>
1: and also mittens <laughs> we are obviously preparing for the worst mm-hmm. you'll be glad to know your older sister is uh in a safe location so although the southern army was clearly uh, defeated we know that she's currently safe and we believe we'll be able to keep things that way we're preparing for the rest of the family to head north if necessary mm-hmm. where we'd leave her in active command of Karis. while your your father sends his regards by the way so anyway, that that's big picture stuff. Not important right now. What we need to be sure of is that you can get the sword, if it is significant to them, and it sounds like it is, you can get the sword out of Karis and as far away as possible. Because if that's what they're invading for, we don't want them to find it. Well, Malahim's an awful long way away. Exactly. This sounds like a plan that could work for us and also work well for you. Of course... In keeping with your standard brief, anything that you can do to further the interests of Caris internationally, we'll be very grateful, and all information you can acquire that will be of value to our organisation. We will, of course, Mm -hmm. be happy to see your reports, but things might be a little quiet around here for a while because of the uh, everything that's going on, so... If it doesn't seem like we're picking up, you keep using those dead drops when you find them. I believe Cosmic Exports have a few offices further east, though they don't often see much activity. You can find them the usual way, though. Yeah. So we'll wish you good luck in your adventures. And was wondering if you'd like to visit Q Branch before you leave.
4: Yes, why not? Why not? It's always good to see Q Branch. Excellent. See what they've uh, got going on? (laughs) Except you always have to wait in a line for Q Branch.
1: E picks up one of the quills from one of his ink pots and puts it back then a second quill from a second ink pot and the bookshelf behind him slides to one side revealing a spacious warehouse beyond. You can see some desks on one side there's a small forge on the other even this late at night there's a couple of artificers working on some complicated looking designs and sat at the desk on one side, carefully drawing crafting out some plans, you see the quartermaster, a gentleman you know from meeting him a few times as Marcus Llewellyn.
4: It's none so brave as Marcus Llewellyn.
1: This is absolutely true. He, a lot of, a lot of <laughs> gadgets that Marcus Llewellyn have developed required a lot of bravery, and they're also very clever. It's none so clever and, <laughs> as Marcus Llewellyn. And also, when, whenever he writes notes, he writes in very strong handwriting. It's not so bold, as Marcus Llewellyn. I love these jokes that will make sense to only the people who take part in the podcast. <laughs> so Q, as uh, everyone refers to uh, Llewellyn, gets up as you walk in and gives a quick salute to E and then says, ah, oh, Enigma, good to see you. Now, pay attention, Enigma, but it's a little hard to pay attention because uh, a cart at the other side of the room, all its wheels have just fallen off and it's sort of folding itself up down to a tiny little crate.
4: Ah, handy for clowns.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he says, Now, is there anything you particularly feel you'll need for the next stage of your mission?
4: Got anything that's useful on a boat? We're going to be spending some time on the sea.
1: Let me think. We did have a cart that you could then take underwater, but the problem was the horses couldn't swim. <sighs>
4: then why not get seahorses it's the obvious solution
1: brilliant brilliant we'll get right on that he makes a note in his very strong handwriting well if you're going to be sailing let me think he goes over he opens a drawer and he gets out of it a metal rod about a foot long he says how about this and he hands you the metal rod it appears to be a metal rod
4: it's just a metal rod
1: yes yes it doesn't move good very very useful what buzz it here you just twist it like this and he twists the two sides you see there is a very fine seam at the center Ah. and he twists the two sides he says see doesn't move and he steps away from it it just hangs in the air
4: (gasps) sweet chili (laughs) next. that's quite something
1: exactly enigma now this will remain immobile until you untwist it okay it works in a fairly broad frame of reference so if you had perhaps a mile of water beneath you it might move a little but as long as there's some solid substrate it will stay absolutely still where if you put it until you move it he unclips it and hands it to you
4: what would you use this for if you were at sea
1: Well, suffice it to say, it's probably strong enough to hold a ship in place if you lost your anchor. Really? It's an immovable... That's quite some... It is an immovable rod. You can't move it. At all. Until you untwist it.
4: What if there was an unstoppable force?
1: We just have to hope that never happens, Enigma. We just have to hope.
4: (laughs) I shouldn't think it ever would.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The greatest danger would be... The unstoppable force becoming the frame of reference for the immovable rod, creating something that is both unstoppable and immovable relative to itself, making it even more unstoppable. Hold on a second. He starts writing some equations. E says, "Uh, Q, I, I don't think that's important right now enigma said she wanted some boots
4: well i do need more boots they do keep setting a light
1: oh very good going, you say and he goes over to like a cabinet on the wall there's big deep drawers at the bottom and he starts opening them and there's different car kind of boots in each one so do, do you have any particular preference um what size are you Uh, Six. All right, let's try these. The hands you a pair of boots. What colour? The boots are black. They have slightly upturned toes. They're furry, pretty nicely put together. A bit of an outside seam. They look warm.
4: Okay, okay. I think I could could make that work. I'm just going to pull them on and see what happens.
1: Okay, you are wearing some sweet boots. These boots are sweet. They're warm and comfy on your feet.
4: Do they do anything else?
1: Oh yes, they're they're very grippy You should be able to grip on most surfaces with them
4: Ah. I'm going to just kind of walk over to the wall And see if it'll look like grip onto the wall Yep Ah. And the other one? Yep Grippy, grippy
1: They are pretty (laughs) grippy
4: This is cool!
1: Unfortunately, it turns out that if gravity hasn't gone sideways, it's really hard to actually walk up a wall because you have to sort of support yourself somehow above the knees.
4: It's cool because I'm like totally parkouring this. So like... I've kind of, I'm kind of doing a flip over as well. Do the boots ungrip.
1: Yes, they do. So you can totally do like the singing in the rain, run up the wall and then do a somersault off the ceiling and back onto your feet.
4: That was my intention. <laughs> I was going with parkour, but singing in the rain, musicals are acceptable.
1: And Q says, yes, I think those will do you. They seem like some pretty useful gadgets. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. And Enigma, be careful out there.
4: I will. I always am. See you later, Q. Keep working.
1: Q gives you a little salute, and uh, E says, good luck, Enigma, I'll trust you to see yourself out. And then he's deep in discussion with Q, and as you're leaving, you can just, wait a moment, how would the seahorses do on land? (laughs) And so Enigma makes her way back across town, runs straight up the wall into her room, which she can now super easily do, with no one the wiser, as to the fact she'd left the tavern at all. I think that Bambury's going to wake up first. He's in the bar downstairs, aren't you? Yep. And actually, by the time you wake up, there's quite a few people in there. It's still dark, but you can hear the wind whistling outside and rattling at the shutters and the doors. And there are candles on everywhere and there's kind of an air of tension in the room. What do you do? Uh,
0: has anyone noticed that I'm awake or that I'm there?
1: They don't seem to really care. You're kind of like it, right in a corner. But a few people are like seem to be f- finishing up their cheap uh, grumpy mule breakfasts and kind of eyeing the door a bit suspiciously.
0: What, the, f- the door in? Yeah. Rather than the door upstairs?
1: Yeah, like they're not looking keen to go out. I
0: guess I'll get up. Yep. Anyone paying me attention to this stage?
1: Not really. No. No, they're just can't getting on with their day. Gonna
0: go open the door and have a look.
1: It is a crazy heavy snowstorm out there. Uh. Crazy heavy. And like after a moment, so it was like shut that bloody door. It's freezing out there.
0: Yep. No, it's a fair point.
1: You wouldn't believe it was 11 o'clock in the morning. It's dark as night. <laughs> Sometimes it really is the quality of your role that matters. I
4: found that, as does Tristan Wilde. <laughs> it all went meta.
1: <laughs> yes, that. Sorry, that was someone from Q Branch. They've got a new device which breaks the fourth wall.
4: <laughs> God damn
3: it! Sweet chili pea snacks. <laughs> They've got mittens. <laughs>